in this picture, there are three pictographs. Can you tell? One looks like maybe an eagle. The first one you think is an eagle? Um, that's what it looks like to me. I don't know. Okay. And then um, a moose. And then? And then the Dalai Lama. <laughs> and half of a chicken on the right-hand side. <laughs> Welcome to the Winnie and Bill Chat Podcast. This is episode 16, and we're calling this one First Nation Pictionary. So welcome back to our podcast. Um, we are Winnie and Bill. We have uh, a small business called Quiet Shutter Fine Art and Photography. And the way we like to do our podcast is we will post nine pictures to our Instagram account, which is Quiet Shutter Photo. And we are going to talk about those pictures, the stories behind the pictures and what went into making those pictures. You can follow along or you can check them out later on after you've listened to our podcast. But first, we should thank Anchor. <laughs> Anchor, which is a free platform for creating your own podcast. If you like to talk and you think you have something to say, you should start your own podcast. If we can do it, you can do it. Thank you, Anchor. Thanks, Anchor. So today we're going to talk about one of our favorite spots that we haven't been to in a long time. And if you live in the United States right now, neither you nor us can go and visit it until after COVID. And after all the travel restrictions have been lifted, because this spot is located in northern Ontario. And none of us can go there right now as the border between the United States and Canada is closed to um, help put a stopgap in the spread of the coronavirus. My family, a lot of my family lives in Canada, especially in northern Ontario, and it really feels weird to not be able to travel across the border and visit my family right now. So I guess I'm feeling a little nostalgic for some of my favorite places in Northern Ontario and um, going through some of my pretty old pictures. I found a series of pictures from a hike we took at a place called Agawa Rock. Do you remember, how many times have we hiked this place, Bill? Do you, can you? Uh, at least a half a dozen times. It's uh, it is definitely one of the the coolest places that I've ever seen. It's it's uh, these are some older pictures for sure. Now that I'm looking at this first one, but um, yeah, it's just just a really unique place that uh, if you like to hike at all, and they're not extremely hard hikes. They're just a little bit adventurous, and yeah, they're a little. They're a little more advanced, some of it. Yeah. You know, it brings back the kid in you to be able to do some of this stuff. So, Agua so Rock is located within Lake Superior Provincial Park, which is west of Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, which is where I was raised. Uh, it's about an hour and a half west of town. Um, and it, the trails that take you to Agua Rock in that area are part of the coastal trail. If you're a hiker, uh, you might be familiar with the Coastal Trail in Canada. Um, but Agawa Rock specifically um, 
has some ancient pictographs on on the rock. So the hike, um, generally people take the hike intending to view the pictographs. So do you know the difference, Bill, between a pictograph and a petroglyph? We have seen both in different places. Uh, one is drawn with blood of an animal. <laughs> no, it's not. No? Okay. No, I guess I don't. <laughs> well, you're on the right track. A, a pictograph, which is what we're going to talk about today, is um, painted on rock using some kind of a stain. Um, I think that in the case of Agawa rock, they call it ochre, that it's painted on with ochre, red ochre, whereas a petroglyph is actually carved or scratched into the stone. I think what we saw when we were recently, well, we were in March when we were in Arizona were petroglyphs. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. There's definitely difference in um, the um, the drawings that we're we're going to talk about today are actually are um, not as easy to see as the definitely the ones that are carved into the rock. But um, I, I the difference, but petroglyphs because they're carved, I think that they last longer. You know, erosion eventually takes them away. But um, pictographs because they're painted on will be more vulnerable to the elements because they will fade in the sun. Um, erosion, of course, would also affect them. And where these particular ones are located, which is on a cliff side, right on the shores of Lake Superior, they really are subjected to some harsh elements. Yeah, actually, I'm surprised they've lasted as long as they have because they're right on the west face of these rocks, right on the very edge of Lake Superior. And doesn't get much rougher than the edge of Lake Superior. Absolutely. Um, my research tells me that they estimate that the pictographs at Agawa Rock were um, created somewhere between the 17th and 18th centuries. A little while ago. So a long time ago. So, but let's start off talking about our first picture here, which is a picture of you and our daughter, Lauren. Um, I remember you and I hiking um, this trail when we were newly married. I think it may have been our first anniversary that we took a, a drive and spent a weekend in Wawa. Wawa, Ontario, and drove to White River, Ontario. But we stopped and did this hike. And the pictures from that hike, because we always take pictures, were taken with an old-fashioned film camera. And the prints of those pictures are tucked away somewhere where I couldn't find them, but I do remember them. We were wearing gray sweatpants with elastic around the ankles and sweatshirts that were so, so 1980s. I'm not sure I really would have wanted to share those pictures. Yeah, some things should be left in the closet. Some things should just be left in an album in the attic. Yeah. <laughs> but these pictures were taken. Um, we Lauren, our daughter had been to, um, She'd been to Alaska to work for a summer. Her first summer, she worked in Alaska, and she worked at the very edge of the entrance to Denali National Park in Talkeetna at a Princess Cruise Line Resort Lodge. And she and her friends spent a lot of time exploring that part of Alaska, and she was impressed with Alaska, which I think everybody is who goes there, right, Bill? Yeah, it's just... Uh, especially in the summertime, it, it's just such a 
fast space that um, if you like the outdoors at all, it's just yeah. so much to take in. And I remember that when she came home, she was, and I think she did this every time she had a big adventure like that in the summer, she came home and felt, you know, a little sad about leaving the wonderful places that she'd been. And um, then she headed back off to college. And this was, she was home for a weekend. I don't think it was American Thanksgiving. This was definitely in the fall, but I don't think it was that late. Might've been Canadian Thanksgiving, which is in October. Right. And we decided to take her up to Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario to visit her grandma in particular, her Nana. And, uh, and then we decided to take her um, as the people in the Sioux would say, up the line to Agawa Rock to do a hike. And also, in my mind, it was to prove to her that there are some stunning and beautiful places close to home as well, that she didn't have to go to Alaska always to, to see beautiful, stunning scenery. And I think we accomplished that goal, don't you, Bill? Yeah, I think she really liked this, actually. Um, I think she was pleasantly surprised when when we got to into the the hike yeah and as you drive west of the sioux you enter into um the edge of the canadian shield um which is rocky mountainous terrain also and you know i, I think it's an underrated or or less known area for tourists um it, beautiful drive on highway 17 it's, uh, I think there's really only one main highway that goes all the way across Canada. And um, I think, Bill, that you and I should explore once we can get into Canada again. I think we should make a point of exploring Canada a little bit further. I agree. Yeah, there's pretty much uh, highway north or highway east. Right. So, <laughs> 17 east. So, um, in this picture, uh, Lauren and Bill are traversing a crevasse in the rock. Um, I think in this picture, tell me if I'm wrong, Bill, but I think that there, this area, there is an actual railing that is built into the rock. They really don't want people to head down into the area where you and Lauren are exploring. Do you recall that? There may have been a railing that we went over. And a sign that said not to go past. I didn't, I didn't see the sign. <laughs> so, yeah, I think the two of you hopped the sign. And this is actually a pretty deep crevasse. And there are big boulders that are wedged in it. And yeah. that's what you guys are standing on. Yeah. It was kind of like in the movie Indiana Jones where, <laughs> where the little trail goes down the rock, rolls over his head. That was kind of the tunnel we were in. We just had to go see it for ourselves. Are, are you comparing yourself to Indiana Jones? No. Okay. <laughs> but it might have been the Temple of Doom that we it were in. It does kind of look like the Temple of Doom. Yeah, Lauren's actually standing on a huge rock that was another, it was almost like a bridge that we walked over top of in the middle of that thing, too. It was uh, uh, just a huge cut that probably Glacier cut out at one time, but um, it was it was just kind of a fun little spot to climb down into. Yeah, the trail you park in a in a nice parking lot that has a couple of um you know pit toilets, modern pit toilets there for people to use. But then the the trail um pretty much immediately you start going through rock chasms. Um it's described as having broken boulders and sheer cliffs. Which is true. I know you said it's an easy hike, but 
the uh, the first initial steps going down um, off the parking lot there is actually, I think they actually cut them out of um, some stone, just enough flatten a few stones out that you wouldn't slip right off of them to begin with. But um, yeah, it's pretty quick that you're into uh, some kind of crazy. Hike. So you, you get to a certain part in the hike and it's not a long hike. Maybe that's what you meant. It's not a right. very long right. hike to get no, to the pictographs, three but three quarter of a mile at the most to get down to the lake. Yeah, and some of the hike is is pretty beaten down and it's pretty easy, but there are some areas that are challenging. Um so definitely if you're gonna go do this little hike, wear some hiking shoes or some tennis shoes or something that's better than a pair of flip flops or sandals. Yeah, you want something that you're um that you're not going to slip on things because um, the rock can be kind of uh, just from humidity can be slippery at, from time to time. Uh, one thing that I'll say, I mean, I think that every time we've been there, I think it's been in the fall, September or October. I don't know that we've ever gone there in the heat of the summer because we're always so busy working in the summer. We don't get to take off and explore. But um, even if it's a hot day, once you get down into the hike, which, which takes you in between all these rock cliffs and whatnot, it's cool. It feels really nice and cool in there. Yeah. It's, it's a nice, uh, sometimes, uh, you might even want to take a jacket with you cause it, uh, when you're out of the sun, it can get, um, a little bit, um, cold actually in some few spots. Right. And this is on the edge of Lake Superior Lake Superior. I don't think ever gets that warm. So no. It does cool that area off for sure. So um, you take this hike down to a certain point and then you have to choose if you're going to go right or left. And if you go left, you go to the pictographs. And that's what we normally do. Um, now, these pictographs, as we've already said, are paintings, uh, First Nation paintings on a rock face. Um, and they're are paintings of canoes, moose, deer, bear, caribou, and something they call, and I'm going to slaughter how you pronounce this, the Mishipishu. Try and say that, Bill. Mishipishu. Mishipishu. There you go. And that is um, a spined, horned animal that is said to be the great lynx. And the spirit of the water. So in doing a little more research, um, the First Nations, uh, the First Nation community of Anishabi, which really is an umbrella name that encompasses several First Nation um, tribes and um, the people who they that are credited with these pictographs are the Ojibwe. And the Ojibwe people have known, of course, about the pictographs from the, its origins, been passed down through generations and generations. And it's said that that Egoa rock is where um, people would go to have a spirit quest. And that that entailed spending four days, four nights um, in meditation without food or water. And they would have. Uh, expect to experience visions and direction for their life. And so um, 
ancient people who did their vision quest here would often um, record what they experienced in the pictographs that are on the cliff face. So let's go to our next picture. All right. So let's tell them what this picture shows, Bill. This picture is actually um, the rock, the edge of the rock um, that the pictographs are actually on. Uh, as you can see, for those of you who can see, there's a almost a 45 degree angle of this rock that runs right out into the lake. Um, and you will not get out onto this rock face if the, if the wind's blowing very much because one, it's slippery and two, the, the waves literally will come right up onto the, the rock face. Um, so we should maybe stop and explain just a little bit. When you get to the end of the trail, there is a railing and there is a big red warning sign that if you intend to step out on the ledge, which Bill just described as having a 45 degree angle uh, leaning down into Lake Superior, um, that you go at your own risk because it, it can be, like Bill said, very slippery. If there's any waves at all, you really shouldn't even attempt it. Uh, you can't see it in this picture, but they have big chain link, uh, you know, strings of, of chain bolted into the rock um, in case you need something to hang on to. I was just going to say, I think they used to have, I know there was chain there, but it seems like there was actually ropes tied off of that too. Cause yeah, they um, they suggest that you hang on to the chain or the rock or something. And also at that railing, they have a big life buoy right on a rope so that, you know, which so, I think has probably been used before. I think it probably has been used, but by the, cause once you get to the end of the trail and you, try to get down onto the ledge so you can view the pictographs, you have to climb over quite a jumble of big boulders. And they're, they're not just nice round boulders either. As you can see in this picture, they're very squared off, pointy, sharp edged uh, granite rocks. Yeah. And they will slice you like. Yeah. You could, you could hurt yourself on that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so the reason I included this picture was just to demonstrate the angle of the ledge you have to stand on in order to see the pictographs and how vicarious really it is. And yet at the same time, how beautiful, right? It is in a beautiful spot. Yep. And looking out onto the lake, it's beautiful. And just the whole area itself is very breathtaking, but it's a little hairy sometimes. To <laughs> Even on a calm day, I feel like it's a little hairy to get out to the ledge and look yeah. at the pictographs. But, you know, if you take your time and do it slowly and carefully, it really is well worth it. Yep. Um, but this also is very typical of the shoreline of Lake Superior, especially on the Canadian side. Um, but I guess on the Michigan side, too, and the Wisconsin, Minnesota side of Lake Superior. Yeah, there's, there's even a few spots like this along um, in uh, the UP of, and, yeah. yeah. Um, Lake Superior is, um, I think it's the largest of the Great Lakes. It is. 
And it's considered the largest freshwater lake in the world, actually. Um, they say that the water in Lake Superior is considered to be the cleanest and clearest water. If you were to be underwater um, looking, that you can see 10 to 20 feet ahead of you that the water's that clear, provided that it's a calm day, which good luck finding calm days on Lake Superior, right? Yeah, that doesn't happen very often. Um, I think, you know, it would be a toss-up for me whether Lake Michigan or Lake Superior was my favorite lake. They both have their own unique characteristics. I guess the the thing that I like about Lake Superior is the rugged um, wilderness that surrounds it for the most part. It definitely is. I, I, I don't know, and I have not done the circle tour around Lake Superior, but... I don't know if there's a lot of built up areas on Superior the way there is in Michigan, Lake Michigan. I mean, you know, Lake Michigan has a lot of very expensive real estate and beautiful big mansions built around it. I'm not sure that that's the case as much on Lake Superior. We need to find out. Yeah, but it's it's a it's not exactly a lay in the beach cruising the water kind of a lake. It's no. like you said, more rugged, more hardy. You have to be more hardy to live on Lake Superior. Yeah. But it is a really, uh, I know a lot of Canadians anyways, um, like to kayak along the shorelines and stuff. So, And if you it, like to kayak, kayaking is actually the preferable way to see these pictographs at Agawa right. Rock. Right. Because some of the pictographs you cannot see just from doing the hike and going out on the, on the ledge. Yeah, there is a there is a boat launch just off from the main parking lot a little ways that you could actually put a kayak in and paddle around to see these pictographs. Yeah, that that would really be the way to see it. In this picture that we're looking at, actually, if you were to go around the big rock that you see in the picture, if you go around to the right, um, it's probably a half a mile or so paddle to get around to the where the launch is from there but it's not that far of a paddle either yeah just around that little point you see in this picture is a little cove and the cove kind of goes in quite a bit so it is a very calm area right there it's called Sinclair Cove if you're ever looking on a map that's what you need to look for yeah that's a, that's a whole different look and it's a beautiful spot too right and we'll get to that and we'll get to talking about Let's that look at our next picture this picture is also of the the ledge for viewing the um, pictographs. And um, this shows Lauren and Bill standing out on the ledge. And this was a, a really calm day for Lake Superior. But this gives you a little bit better perspective as to how big that area is and how much um, how much area you have to stand on to be able to view the pictographs. And you can also see in this picture, even though it's a calm day, how uh, how the water is sort of slopping up onto the water and make uh, onto the ledge, and so you have to be careful even on calm days that that you don't slip because that that uh, granite rock with some water on it makes it very slippery. Yeah, you don't want to step on the wet spots there at all. Yeah, this this picture is uh, Lauren's looking up at the pictographs, and I was trying to. Um, just around the corner from where I'm standing, there's actually a couple of little, um, little tiny caves that go in around there too, where I, I 
often thought about when we were there that that was probably one of the spots where people would meditate um, just because you Boy, could you be out of the weather a little you bit You wouldn't want to meditate um, after you've had two or three nights of no sleep and no food and water and and be you, on the edge. Of you'd that. have an awakening when hit the water, that's for sure. <laughs> it seems like that would be pretty dangerous. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of there's lots of area in that hike of little little offshoots from the hike that are, you know, um, cliff sides or rock on either side where you could tuck yourself in and probably feel pretty safe. Yep, I would think this particular day. What a gorgeous day it was! As I was looking at this pictures, it just really, really made me lonesome for visiting, visiting home, uh, visiting northern Ontario and. Look at that little tiny rock island in the background, and the just, yeah, you see that a lot in the little in the lakes in in, in northern Ontario. Um, yeah, just that's what Ontario looks like. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, every time that we have hiked um, this trail, we've gone, I guess, at the perfect time for it to be not overcrowded with people and tourists. Yeah, September is definitely a good time to go. And yeah, I think weather September's can be a good really time. nice. And uh, you got really warm days, cold nights usually. But uh, like you say, the tourism has passed in, in Northern Ontario, anyways, by then. And uh, so you can, you can be in places like this that are gorgeous and sometimes have them all to yourself. I'm trying to decide in this picture if obviously I was the one who took this picture. And I'm wondering if I'm on the other side of the rail debating whether I really want to climb over the jumble of rocks and and get on the ledge. I know I did in the end, but I think that's where you're standing when you took that picture. Yeah, I may have been hesitating a bit. We um after this particular um adventure, we took our son and his wife to um Agua Rock and and wanted to show them the pictographs and do the hike. And we Made it as far as that chasm with the boulders suspended between them. And um, and Andy's wife, she didn't even trip. She's just, she's kind of a short, petite little thing. And she took a step off of one boulder to get to another one. And her knee caught the corner of one of those granite boulders. And it split her knee wide open. Yeah, she, she got a, a really bad cut um, really quickly. And it was serious enough that we ended up um, having to to get in the car and head back to somewhere where she could get a few stitches. So. Right. And, and the thing was, we were halfway through the hike. And so in spite of her having this gash in her knee that I think went all the way down to the bone, it did. we had to hike out of there, which meant climbing some rock stairs and, and going up inclines and, and, uh, yeah, that was a little bit scary for them and for us, I guess. And and then also we were in Canada, so we needed to get back at least to the American side to for her to get medical attention because her insurance wouldn't work in Canada. Right. So that was that was an adventure and they never even got to see the pictographs. Nope, they've never seen them. We've got to take them back someday. I'm not sure they want to go back. They may not. No. <laughs> Maybe Andy does. I don't think I don't think Sarah's that interested anymore. She's got a pretty good scar to remember that adventure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's go to our next picture. Right. Ah, our first view of some of the pictographs. 
So yeah, th this uh, particular picture is a kind of a close-up of the pictographs. Um, and I have to admit, I have enhanced the pictographs by darkening them in the picture just a bit, just a little bit, so, so you can see them a little obvious. bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Some days, actually, you can see them better on days when it's gray versus really sunny. Right. And this was a nice sunny day. So yeah. the reflection off the rock made it hard to photograph them and get really good pictures. Right. But it's definitely on a on a big chunk of granite that's... um. When the previous picture, we were looking up at these pictographs. Um, I think these are the ones that Lauren actually was looking at. That the, can you in this picture? There are three pictographs. Can you tell? One looks like maybe an eagle. The first one you think is an eagle? Um, that's what it looks like to me. I don't know. Okay. And then um, a moose. And then. And then the Dalai Lama. <laughs> and. Half of a chicken on the right-hand side. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I've done a, a little bit of reading about the pictographs. And the first one that you at first said could be an eagle, and then I said it could be somebody in a canoe. Um, I think I read that others have thought that this was two people who were um, sitting and looking at each other, and they thought that it was appropriate because there is a vein of quartz that runs through that particular pictograph and quartz is um, actually one of the components evidently that they make mirrors out of. And so that it could also be a mirror image of mirror somebody image. looking at themselves. And I don't know. What do you and think? And they got cracked up. <laughs> they got cracked up. All right. All right. Next picture. And this is sort of the, the grand showpiece of the Agawa Rock. That is not a chicken. And that is not a chicken. That is, do you remember did what? Did you say it, what it was? The spirit bear? It is. A, this is a pictograph that is showing a spined horned animal, which is said to be a, the great lynx, the spirit of the water. And it's. Mishipishu. Mishipishu. Or however you pronounce it. Yeah. So in on the rock is um, the spined horned animal. Behind it, I think, is a canoe, don't you think? Yeah, that's what it looks like. It's a canoe with people in it, I believe. Yeah. And then looks like um, waves of water underneath. I know. it's It's got to be waves of water, but. I, for some reason in my head, when I first saw it, I thought it was snakes. Well, that's, it could be a snake on the wave of water. I don't think it is. I think it's supposed to be waves. Yeah. So the legend is that the Great Lynx, or Miss Shippishu, um, is the spirit that controlled the water, especially the water of Lake Superior, and that it could be friend or foe to humans. And so um, you needed to treat the lake with respect and um, because it could decide to be kind to you or turn on you at any time, which is true of Lake Superior. Yes. And for some reason, Lake Superior seems to be an angry lake more than it is a nice lake. But beautiful to yes. see. I mean, even when it's churned up and the waves are really going at it, it's beautiful to see. Oh, yeah. Um, I think I read that the largest wave ever recorded in Lake Superior was 31 feet high. 
Wow. And you said you think you've seen waves at least 20 feet high. When I was going to school in Marquette, there's a, there's a, um, a cliff out on what they call Presque Isle Park that uh, people would dive off of. And I know that Black Rock cliff, cliff is 20 feet. And there was, there was uh, waves in a storm that I went out in one time that was above Black Rock. So Wow. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty crazy. Wow. Which is another reason why it's amazing that these pictographs still exist, because I'm sure they get beat with water on a regular basis. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially November and December when it's really crazy. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm sure that they get icy. And yeah. so there's that element to contend with. And then, of course, sun beating on it in, in good weather. Yeah. If you get a chance to look at this picture on our um, Instagram, Quiet Shutter Photo, to the left of the picture where you see a slice of blue sky and an evergreen tree, just by the tree, you can see the railing, the railed off area at the end of the trail. Can you see that, Bill? Yeah, I was just noticing I was going to point that out myself, that that when you you go beyond that railing, you have to step down on those you can see bigger jumbly, rocks there big in order to rocks. get down onto the little ledge that you would walk out on to see these pictographs. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little adventure, quite a little bit of an adventure, actually. But that this particular pictograph featured in this picture is the showpiece one. Yeah, this is the symbol that they have on a lot of their uh, signage and stuff going into the park. Absolutely. That's, that is the, the symbol that they use. So this next picture, Bill, if you can go to the next yep, picture. I'm at the next one now. This one shows one of the um, pictographs that you can only see from the water. Ah, okay. uh, so this is not a picture that you or I took. This is a picture I captured off of a video on the internet. Um. I'm going to zoom in just a little bit. Is this one, again, this looks like a kayak and probably a moose or a caribou, large animal anyways. And it just makes you wonder how somebody got there to put that. Yeah, I almost wonder if some, like this rock looks like it's probably sheared off after the over the years. I wonder if there were more pictographs there that have just... Simply slid into the lake. Well, I know when we were in Arizona looking at the petroglyphs that some of them had fallen, fallen off of off. the cliff. Yeah, yeah. And they were jumbled piece of it, pieces of it down on the ground. And you could see little bits of the remaining pictograph, pictoglyph, right. petroglyphs. Petroglyphs, yeah. And so, um, you know, that's very possible. Um, in this picture... It doesn't show water in the picture, but just below the rock that you see in this picture was water. Okay. So um, I guess what it makes me wonder is if in the 17th, 18th century, if maybe Lake Superior did not, you know, go all the way up to the rock the way it does now. I mean, we know the lakes are very high here currently. Right. And maybe there was a way that somebody could get closer to that rock and and paint that. If only we really knew. There are lots of books and lots of websites you can go to to read about the the pictographs and people's interpretation of what they think the meanings are. But I guess none of us really know for sure. No, it's just someone's interpretation. Um, 
Absolutely. Um, there are some, and I don't know if I've included any pictures of the um, pictographs that show there's four circles in a row or four canoes in a row. And they, they speculate that that is um, symbolic of their four day vision quest. Uh, okay. Which that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So let's go to the next picture. The next picture is, is a picture of our daughter, Lauren. Um, she's sitting on um, the rock ledge that we walked out on. And there's a, a um, pictograph in behind her on the, on the stone wall. Um, so there, there were these pictographs in several different places on the, on that rock face that uh, some of them you really, if you're there a while, all of a sudden you there, some of them are tiny and you're just like, Oh, there's one we didn't even see. Right. Some of them are quite big and some of them are pretty small. So it's just, it makes me curious of how many of them there were and, uh, and how how long people were there. Right. Well, they were there four days at a time. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, I'm sure that some of the pictographs probably that weren't as intense in the beginning have probably faded away. So, yeah, this, um, I like this picture of Lauren. I know um, this picture has a few sunspots in it from sun shining in directly on the camera lens, which... I don't mind. Bill hates that when we get pictures like that. I'm trying to learn to like them. If they're not obstructing the subject, I think they can be effective. But I love this picture of Lauren sitting on the sitting on that rock ledge with a pictograph behind her and and I just remember I remember this really appreciating this day to be able to spend time with Lauren after she'd been gone all summer and also you know, my secret plan in my head was to show her the beautiful places that are are part of her heritage, kind of, too. I did grow up in northern Ontario and and grew up with these places. And my folks used to like to take us up the line to Pancake Bay or to um, Superior um, Provincial Park. And uh, I... Batchewana Bay. Batchewana Bay. Yep, my parents would pack a pack a cooler and a little Coleman stove and we would head up early in the morning and we'd start off with pancakes um, at Batchewana Bay and we'd explore a little bit and we'd hang out on the beach a little bit and my dad used to have a, a canoe and we'd try and canoe a little bit and my mother for a, a treat would take the leftover pancake batter and make onion rings. She'd boil up some oil and deep fry onion rings. When I think about it now, I think how incredible that whole thing was. It was just, I, I'm, I guess I'm pining away for the old days. That was quite a thing to do over a Coleman stove. Yeah. They were pretty ambitious. Yeah. But, um, so this is, yeah, this is just one of my favorite places on earth. And it was, I was happy to be able to share it with Lauren. So the next picture, Bill, would you explain what's going on in this picture? Well, certainly. That uh, when we got back to the parking lot after our hike, we discovered that uh, um, there was bear around the area there. And I had to to get down on my hands and knees and, and close up inspect the bear pie that was in the road. 
to see what he had been eating. I remember being kind of mortified that you did this. I was doing it on purpose just to make you mortified. <laughs> no, you were. So, yeah. Um, when we got done with our hike to the pictographs, we hiked back up to the point where we could have taken the, the hike back to the um, parking lot. But instead, we took the hike further. And uh, that takes you up to, you can climb a bluff that overlooks the whole area. And then when you come down, you can take a, a different way around to the parking lot. So this was on the little road that goes to that little boat launch area. Right. And then back up to the parking lot. And there for sure was bear, I'd say bear diarrhea on the road. And loose the, stool, that's for sure. loose stool. And he'd been eating a lot of cherries apparently do you think there were cherries or wild raspberries choke cherries there were cherry pits in september that's you would have choke cherries in september in september and choke cherries yeah anyways yeah this at first at approaching it because it was kind of red it looked like a bloody mess honestly it was a bloody mess and uh bill says oh no no i know what that is that is bear poop and i said really i don't know and so that's when you got down on the ground Said, to, yes, it is to bear sniff poop. the bear poop. It was a female. It's been there since this morning at 6 a.m. <laughs> so, yeah. So this is a wild area. This is, um, you know, there you could come across bear or moose or any kind of thing. It's um, Yeah, there's wolves in that area. Wolves, there's, a, there's a little bit of everything there. Yeah. Yep. We actually saw a fox there a couple times. So uh, in reading about Agawa Rock, um, I read an, a, an a article from a man who had connected with one of the Anishabi leaders. Let me see what they called him specifically. He was considered um, part of the Batchawana tribe, and he was a Batchawana First Nation elder and knowledge keeper. I think, you know, in a lot of organizations, they have historians but I really love the way that they that they phrase that, that a person is designated to be the knowledge keeper. Keeper of the knowledge. That makes sense. I like that better than historian, quite honestly. Honestly, it's just, I love that. And um, he said that the paintings, of course, were done by his ancestors and um, that Agawa Bay is an ancient spiritual fasting grounds, a place to find direction and where visions and vision quests took place. Interesting. And he talked about when he was a young man and he went with his father and other elders from the tribe to um, Agawa Rock um, for a spiritual quest. I don't know if it was necessarily a vision quest, but a spiritual quest where they, his, him and his cousins and his family and a, a group of them went and camped and spent time and um, the whole event culminated in going out and viewing the pictographs. And he said that was back in 1970 and there wasn't a road to drive in to the area and there wasn't a parking lot, of course. So they had to park at the side of the highway and hike in. And that was just in 1970. So yeah. the road in and the parking lot and all of that, that makes this so convenient and easy for us to do is a relatively new thing. I was surprised to read that. That's interesting. It wouldn't be that big of a hike. I mean, it's only another 
mile off of the highway as far as that goes. But, but I, I, you but know, you I don't have know, to if know where you're going in order to get there, too. Say. I just don't know that most people would have even known about it. No, I'm sure they didn't. So it was something that was kept, you know, to the to the knowledge keepers. Right. The, <laughs> the knowledge keeper might have wanted to keep the knowledge to himself. Yeah, I wonder I wonder if they are um, in favor or annoyed by the fact that so many tourists now can just go in and take the hike and view the pictographs. I, I think that it would be really wonderful if people could take a little bit of time and, and understand what it is that they're viewing and maybe take it with some, a little more reverence. Yeah. If people treat it as a spiritual walk. They probably would not mind if people did it and respected sure. the space. Sure. But you know, I, I don't recall ever seeing any graffiti, graffiti or any damage or while well, we've been hiking there. Have you ever noticed? No, no, I really haven't. I don't even think I've even seen any trash. I was just going to say, I don't even remember seeing any trash anywhere, but. Yeah, I think people are pretty respectful of the area. Yeah. Um, the author of that article said that when he connected with, um, his name was Eli. And Eli suggested that he should come and bring with him some loose tobacco that you would uh, sprinkle into Lake Superior at the pictographs as an offering. Um, I don't know that I would go that far, but I think to take a moment while you're there and to remember, um, you know, the people who hundreds of years ago made that a meditation place or a, a um, you know, a vision quest, an area to try and find direction. The, um, this area also, let's go to the next picture, Bill. Okay. Now I want you to talk a little bit. This picture is a picture of Bill and Lauren up on top of the high bluff that overlooks that little cove we talked about, which is Sinclair Cove. Um, and you, and it, it was pretty high up and pretty far down. <laughs> And Lauren and Bill were running around like mountain goats, like they didn't care that they got too close to the edge. And I was, I was. Well, it seemed to be open space considering the hike to get up to that rock is yeah. quite a challenge to begin with. Because if you, do you remember? Yeah, you I, to, that's why I want you to talk about it. Because I was pretty proud of myself that I managed to even get up there. Right. And uh, yeah, well, you get to, uh, and it's kind of funny because when the trail splits, you go to the right to go up this hike. Um, there's a little little placard that says um, "challenging hike ahead." <laughs> and when we got to the rock face, it went straight up, and there was like little little stone uh, cutouts where you had to stick your foot in a little ledge and grab with the hand and you had to climb straight up at straight times. Straight up. We literally you, pushed each other up. The yeah. Hill. You had to you had to grab onto a tree root and, yeah. and get your toe into a, a little crevice in the rock and yeah. Kind of spring up on yeah. the next it seemed one like it was and, thirty feet you had to do that, but it was probably ten feet. No, in reality. It, was, <laughs> it was probably closer to thirty feet actually. We had to go up quite a 
quite I mean, a little. Not, but not at any one. You'd climb up a little bit and then. Right. And then you'd be on a little bit and, of a plateau and then you went up. But yeah. there was like three different sections that we had to climb to get up there. And like while that. you're climbing to get up there, what you're not thinking about is you're going to have to turn around and figure out a way to get down. Yeah. That's one of the things when you are climbing up like that, you kind of have to think about. Now, when I come back down, I got to remember to do this in reverse because there, there really was only one option of, you know, you couldn't just step anywhere. There was like one particular spot you needed to step and one root that was there that you could grab. And yeah. it was pretty. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was challenging it was for challenging. sure. Yep. I know that but, people who who are, you know, hike a lot that hikes are rated and I, I don't know the rating right now, but there's, you know, easy hikes and intermediate hikes and challenging hikes. And I like the hikes that say they're wheelchair accessible. <laughs> a lot less climbing on those. <laughs> but this was a challenging hike and I, I'm patting myself on the back that I did it. Yeah, I but was proud it was, of you and it was certainly worth the view when we got up on top. It was beautiful up there. Gorgeous. Absolutely beautiful. Um, what you can't see in this picture is if you um, you can see Lauren's walking away from the camera. If you walk out to the edge of this bluff, there was an island just offshore that had a, a cottage on it. Do you remember that? Yeah, if I remember right, that was a cottage that was built by the, the um, park service that was a... Uh, was it a fire tower that was there? No, it was wasn't. a storm? It wasn't a fire. I'm not sure for sure what it was, but I think that we looked up later that you could rent it and stay in it. Yeah. Yeah, it was. But it you'd was, have to use a canoe or a kayak or something right. to get to it. Right. But I think it had been a ranger station or something. That's why it was originally built. Perhaps. To collect all the bodies of people who'd fallen yeah, the off the floaters. ledge from looking at the pictures. The ones that floated down. <laughs> Eventually floated up. <laughs> Come with a shepherd hook. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is just a, this part of, we did not, I think this was the first time we had done this part of the hike. We had never done this part before. And I think we were, um, Lauren wanted to do it and we didn't want to admit that we were nervous to do it. So we had to show Lauren that we were hardy. Yep. She believed us that day, but I think we've uh, lost our hardiness. Since I, don't, I don't know if I would try it again now. I don't, Maybe if it was just as beautiful a day as this day was. Yeah. If it was, if it was really nice, like it was that day. Yeah. I, I would also recommend if you're going to do this hike at all to bring some bug spray. Yep. Cause there's always mosquitoes in Ontario, no matter or, what time of year it is. Yeah, some fly dope as <laughs> others say. I love that when people fly call dope. it fly dope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's uh even in September, there was some little, you know, those stupid little, housefly looking things that just bite your ankles all the time. Treat yourself to some covering of DEET. <laughs> It'd be well worth poisoning yourself for just. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The last thing you want to do is be on the top of this bluff and have bugs driving you absolute wild. Yeah. The good thing is there's usually a little breeze up there. So the bugs aren't so bad. Yeah. Yeah. The bugs <laughs> tend to be down in the trees more than up on top of the rock. So if anybody is familiar with the group of seven artists, now any of our Canadian uh, friends who are listening will know exactly what I'm talking about, but there are um, some famous artists in Canada from probably the 50s, 60s. Um, they, they referred to them as the group of seven. 
and they traveled all over northern Mich- northern Michigan, northern Ontario, and painted. And their paintings now are uh, quite valuable. But this is one of the areas where they painted. Um, and I think maybe even on this bluff. The um, research I did said that when you're looking at the pictographs, if you were to have taken a little bit different trail, which I'm unsure what uh, trail that would have been, that on the top of that cliff face is another spot where the group of seven painted. Well, it certainly would have been a breathtaking place to paint. Oh, absolutely. And the group of seven paintings often depict those gnarly evergreen trees that you see out on the edge of rocky areas on the side of the lake that are very imperfect trees that bend with the wind and nature has torn them up and twisted them around a bit. Very rugged, very rugged scenic looking um, paintings is what the group of seven is known for. Um, So anyways, just a little tidbit that that is also an area that was, I guess you would say sacred to the artists. Right. So we like to end our podcast with the picture that got away. And that's the picture we didn't think to take or the picture that we didn't manage to be quick enough to take or the picture we wish we had anyway. So what do you think, Bill, for this hike? What is the picture we did not take? You know, I would love to be there when the sun set and take Ah. pictures maybe from up on top of this bluff. Yeah. Um, Oh, I mean, that would be great, but then the sun sets and you've got to climb back down that trail well, there in is the dark. That. <laughs> I don't um, know that I want to do that climb in the dark. Yeah, I don't let's think I... Let's rescind that thought. Let's rescind that one. Maybe just from in front of the pictographs might be a nice sunset picture. Yeah, and behind the railing. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I never thought about staying up there long enough for sunset. That would be awesome. That'd be spectacular. Maybe the picture that got away from us on this particular hike, too, was the bear that left behind the the skid marks. The skid marks on the road. Yeah. That, that bear was a, a good-sized bear, so you probably would want to see him from a distance, but uh, yeah. 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 So um, this, this whole... Um, Looking back on this adventure has made me very homesick for Northern Ontario and for my family in Canada. So I don't know. I sure hope we can get coronavirus under control soon so we can cross the border and visit family and and maybe head back up to Agawa Rock another time. I'd be happy to do that. I would be happy to do that too. Um, yeah, the, that's one of the, that whole area up in there we love to take pictures of and uh now that we've got some better equipment, we we really need to maybe do that circle tour sometime around Lake Superior. And I'm I'm itching to do the circle tour. That would be that so would much be fun. A pretty good podcast, don't you think? It might have to be several. Yeah, especially if we get stuck someplace along the way. Like get stuck in Canada because they close the border again. Wouldn't that be a shame? That would be a shame. If we drive real slow. Maybe we can <laughs> arrange for that to happen. Yeah, who knows. <laughs> So thank you for listening to our podcast today. Yeah, thanks for tuning in and uh, hope you enjoyed our little talk and the pictures. And and I hope that someday you will visit 
Lake Superior Provincial Park in Agawa Rock. It's a hidden gem. You won't regret it. Have a great day. See you next week.